cliffcentral.com. Oh, Mulholland, how are you, sir? Hey, Rich. I'm good, man. How you doing? Good. Where in the world? Yeah. Where Where in the world are you today? I'm down in Cape Town today. Aha. Uh-huh. And was there enough rain over the weekend to fill up the reservoirs? <laughs> <laughs> there was a, a promise and a hint of rain, but apparently this week is going to come down in buckets. That's a good thing. I was up in uh, Pretoria over the weekend, though. I'm relieved for Cape Town. All right, so tell us what's on your mind this morning. I'm sorry to come to you a little bit late. No worries at all. In fact, on that, you're an evil genius, Cliff. Why? You call me up, and then you put me on hold and force me to listen to pop music. Yes, sorry about that. It is a cunning ploy. (laughs) Don't worry. Anyway. I I only get that chance. I I I get the chance to do that to you, to punish you once every couple of blue moons. So give give me a moment to relish this one. You know what my worst is, is when I actually find myself enjoying uh, the track. Uh, You make me hate myself at my very core. I know the feeling. It's happened to me too. It's embarrassing, but you'll get over it. Now, what's on your mind? Right. Okay, so I want to talk about a board game uh, to kick off. There's a board game I played with my family this weekend. It's called The Downfall of Pompeii. Um, It's really, really cool. It's uh, like for ages 10 and up. So it's a really good family game. Uh And there's for two the four players and basically in it you move pieces around the board at the beginning of the game the first half of the game you've got to try to get into all these cool buildings to get stuff and then Vesuvius explodes and then for the second half of the game you're trying to run your pieces away while simultaneously dropping lava and on other people's pieces and when you kill one of the pieces you get to pick them up and put it in a little 3d volcano and you throw them in it's super fun <laughs> anyway here's my thing about this game is that we're totally okay having a family game about uh, drop about people dying. 16,000 people were estimated to die in 79 AD when Pompeii, uh, the disaster happened. Mm-hmm. But we've now turned it into a family board game. Yeah. And yet we are completely incapable of understanding the gallows humor that comes up around uh, uh, disasters that happen in real time. What it tells me is that we're not upset about the humor. We're upset about the timing. And I, I was thinking about that thing with Manchester a few weeks ago when that David Levitt guy did that tweet. I don't know if you remember. He said something like, um, the last time I heard Ariana Grande, I almost died too. <laughs> and deeply inappropriate. Deeply inappropriate. But here's the thing, right? So people were calling for his job. They asked CBS in Boston to, to fire him. And he was distanced from the company, all of these things for writing yeah. inappropriate tweets. And what amazed me is I heard lots of thoughts and prayers for the victims of uh, Manchester and of course the victims of London Bridge and I heard very very little um, and all the anger was directed against people who wrote inappropriate tweets mm. as opposed to uh, the actual you know terrorists mm-hmm. and um, I think we need to understand so I did some research and I was trying to look into what makes people do these things Yes, and I found this, this study that was done by Stanford and I think we need to start understanding and calming, calming down a little bit around uh, gallows humor uh, first of all, apparently every single paramedic in the world and every single doctor in the world tells sick jokes about things that are deeply sensitive to you, and they do that as a coping mechanism. Because um, Freud, he said, sick jokes are the uh, the mechanism by which the ego insists that it cannot be affected by the traumas of the external world. Hmm. So it's a very real thing. And I understand that people were not probably doing this to help them heal, but, but um, laughing at disaster is not new. I don't know if you remember, there was that horrific Westin Dam uh, bus disaster that happened when we were kids. And I remember people running around school telling West Dean Dam jokes. 
it was a thing. When the challenger blew up, people were telling uh, challenger jokes. It was a joke about that teacher that was on the the shuttle, and it was you know mm. she had blue eyes, one blue left, one blue right. I mean, like we'd all heard those jokes the day after the the, the challenger blew up. Uh, you know, I, I can't remember the one was about the woman driver thing. I mean, that's offensive on so many levels nowadays. Where you know what were the last words reported on the on the challenger? Hey Cheryl, here you drive. Now. I get that it's deeply inappropriate. <laughs> Stop, you're not allowed to laugh. <laughs> no, but it's like, it's you know, it's like that old adage of uh, perhaps it's too, it's too soon to tell Amelia Earhart jokes. I mean, come on. It's this idea of, yeah, of, yeah. of stuff is appropriate if you give it enough time. But at the time, there are a whole lot of sensitive people who make it inappropriate for you to joke about this stuff. So have you figured out a way to, now, to rationalize this? And I figured, yeah, what we should be doing is maybe turn around and saying, hey, man, you're an asshole. But trying to get people fired over telling inappropriate jokes, something that we've done forever. If we went out there and started getting all the doctors and paramedics fired because they told inappropriate jokes at the scene of motorcycle accidents, we would be in a very, very bad place. And, um, you know, look, because this is how people cope. Anyway, so I found this study from Stanford, and it said this. It said, in a standard emotion regulation study, researchers showed subjects a series of images. And there were database of photographs that were uh, ranging from car accidents to corpses to aggressive animal attacks and dental exams. Mm -hmm. Anyway, very, very positive and negative emotions. Then what they did is they asked people um, to write jokes about them. So they said, so they gauged how their feelings were on these issues. And then they asked them to improvise jokes, either positive or negative, reinterpreting the photos before reporting their emotions. Mm -hmm. The researchers found that the subjects who made any kind of quip benefited, reporting both increases in positive emotions and decreases in negative emotions. Mm -hmm. Obviously, those that were instructed to write positive humor saw the most effect. And she said that the, the Andrea Sampson, the professor who ran the, the test, said, if you're able to teach people to be more playful, to look at the absurdities of life as humorous, you see some increase in well-being. But what we do is we find every single time there is a natural a disaster of any type, terrorist attack or anything like that, we find it as a way to get angry and to, to revel in the rage of the moment. Now, I'm not saying we need to be insensitive, but I think that we need to stop trying to find the the huge negative and everything. The world is a shit place. Shit things happen every single day to many, many people. Uh, More people were murdered with uh, handguns in the United States than were killed on London Bridge. But, you know, we, we, we get so caught up in getting angry about something. And I think what we need to try and do a little bit is remember old Justin Nurse who said, laugh it off. Yes. And I'm saying laugh it off as a coping mechanism. You know, we need to just find better ways of dealing with these things instead of just being uh, angry at people uh, trying to, to, to maybe make light of things, even if it feels inappropriate. And it's something just to think about because we're, this is, we're not out the woods here. And in the next month, uh, two or three more disasters are going to be happening that we're all very upset about. And someone is going to say something inappropriate. And what I'm hoping that we can learn from this is that, that that's okay. That it may, you may not agree with it, and you may not be happy about. It. Right, I think we've lost it. It's for the most part, if you want to do something, and if you want to really get somebody affected. Mm-hmm. Ah, sorry. No, no, you just dropped out for a second. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. You can carry on. We got you back. Oh, well. Yeah, rage less, laugh more. Let's just leave it at that. Then I, I think that we need to stop being angry about people laughing about stuff. Yes, it's not appropriate, but um, it's okay. Uh, it, it's not. It's compared to the terrorist attack itself it's a very 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 small crime 
I love um, this. And then we should also, also play happy board games. This is fantastic. And no, really, Rich, if we can learn anything today, if we can feel anything today, if we can, if we can get our brains right in any way, it's just to stop this idea that you being outraged matters. And to start the idea that you being able to joke about things is a kind of mental coping mechanism that we should all learn to dovetail into our lives. It's very healthy. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. All right. Keep finding offensive. Thank you, T. Keep finding offensive jokes for us around uh, massive international tragedy, please. You can just go to Wikipedia. There's a website for it. Absolutely. I mean, it's horrific. You actually don't want to go there. It makes you very upset. (laughs) Wikipedia. Even me. I love it. Yeah, but um, it exists. Anyway, cool. All right, dude. Take Thanks it easy, so guys. much, man. All right, there we go. That's Bye-bye. Rich Mulholland, everybody. Cliffcentral.com.